Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Monday night meltdown has a begun. As the Buffalo Bills a meltdown continues, what was a four-game win streak is now a two-game losing streak. Kansas City wins 26-17. Uh, the final score, not a true indication of what this football game uh, was this evening and what it was, was a dominant performance uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs. And what it was, was another terrible performance from Josh Allen. Kansas City Chiefs improved to 5-1. and one. Buffalo Bills 4-2. Uh, and two. But fortunately for the Buffalo Bills, gang green uh, is up uh, next. Although this isn't much of a gang. Uh, when we're talking about the New York Jets, Bills uh, get the Jets uh, next disaster for the Buffalo Bills, back-to-back embarrassing performances. And we talk about embarrassments. You know, Dallas Cowboys embarrassing, Buffalo Bills embarrassing, Jeffrey Tubin-like embarrassing. So the Buffalo Bills lose 26-17. The Dallas Cowboys get um, beaten down 38-10. And, you know, 26-17 final score, Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, sort of sounds like a game, right? Sort of sounds like a game, and it kind of sort of was a game. Like, you know, it wasn't dominant. Buffalo were sort of in it, but they never really will. You know, they they never really, you know, they weren't coming back. You got the feeling that it wasn't happening for them. Get the Dallas Cowboys game, 38-10. This is like a gratuitous score. This is like nice to the Cowboys, 38-10. Like, you know, I mean, like if you really want to, like, break down, like, what you what, – watching that game, what did it feel like the score was? I don't know. 65 to 10, something like that, as Andy Dalton remembered he was Andy Dalton uh, this evening. But it's a good thing that Jason Garrett uh, isn't there anymore because Jason Garrett, the clapper, he was the one to blame, right? Uh, Dallas Cowboys now 0-6 against uh, uh, the number, which is pretty hard to do, actually. Um, That's quite an accomplishment. The Dallas Cowboys have failed to cover a point spread uh, yet. Paul Bovey's going to step up, and then Paul Bovey covers point spreads. Uh, Paul Bovey steps up and breaks it down with us. Covers.com in the house. George Kurtz is uh, with us a little bit later on. We've got a, uh, a an autopsy, post-game autopsy report from Kurtz, Cowboy fan. Uh, he asked uh, if we could only talk about the World Series and not talk about the football. Uh, but, hey, it is what it is. You can't handle the truth. Bring it. It's his portrait.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. All right, sports rage. Late night uh, continues in a typical, I don't know, man, black cloud, early Halloween uh, fashion. Uh, we've got, we have some technical difficulties uh, right now. When I say technical difficulties, as in uh, my computer just literally and literally blew up in front of me. You know, like, honestly, I, I'm, I'm just glad it didn't explode, actually, um, you know, like my picks I have. But, man, what a day, what a week. I didn't take the week six of the NFL. <laughs> like I tell you guys, whatever you think, things can't get worse. They always can. So uh, we're working on a situation right now, but the show must go on, and it goes on with Captain Kurtz, Colonel Kurtz. So, uh, listen, I know you're down, George. The Cowboys uh, got massacred. It's depressing and stuff. But at least your computer just didn't blow up in front of you. Yeah, that's got to be the worst, right? When you get the, the blue screen of death sometimes and you can't do anything to get it back here. There's no worse feeling than that. And I just got demoted, too. I was colonel, and I went down to captain, and then I got promoted back to colonel again. So uh, I guess all's not lost. Well, you know, your team did lose uh, 38-10. <laughs> well, if you're going to lose, lose big, right? Why, why make it interesting? Why make it close and give me heartache? Just, just you know, get destroyed in the first quarter. It's all over, and I can just, you know, watch uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, well, that's the thing, George. I got to say one thing. You know, everybody's pretty hard on the Dallas Cowboys, but I think we should give them uh, some credit. They're a model of consistency. You know, they're averaging, uh, you know, 36 points uh, a game allowed, and they've been very consistent at it once again tonight. So let's give them props for that. Very, it's the most consistent thing about their team this year. Yeah, at least the offense knows how many points they have to score, right? Guys, score 40. You're 40, you're, we're golden. The Cowboys are golden if they can score 40. All right, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, I think the most, uh, I don't want to say disheartening, because it's really unfair to expect uh, Andy Dalton to come anywhere near what Dak was doing. But with Dak, they were averaging over 30 points. You figure with Dalton, okay, 24, 27 with those weapons? Uh-uh, that's not happening either. Cowboys are in a lot of trouble. I'm looking at something here from uh, uh, Dallas Morning News, uh, their, uh, their Twitter. Do you see another win coming in the Cowboys' future? And they're serious about this. Folks, they're playing Washington next week. And the Philadelphia of the week, yeah, the Philadelphia has as many injuries as us. If Dallas can't beat one of those two teams, then it is all over. 
because they play Pittsburgh coming up. Baltimore's on their schedule. If you think Kyler Murray, he ran over Dallas tonight. Imagine what uh, Lamar Jackson's going to do. This could get re- it already real. It is real ugly. But uh, I made a joke about this on Twitter earlier, Gabe. I, I, what's, what's your over-under on how many wins it takes to win the uh, the NFC East? Seriously, what, what is your over-under? Six? Well, you know, seven? people were kidding about eight and eight wins the division. And then we've heard seven and nine, but that's a little ambitious, isn't it? And it's funny because, yeah, it crossed my mind earlier tonight. So, listen, they play each other, right? So just by the math of them playing each other, how many wins can they get? Like, I, I don't think it's crazy that six and ten. <laughs> like, what, is that possible? Like, the Eagles could get – it's not crazy that the Eagles would win the division at 6-9-1. and one. I don't think that's crazy talk. No, and my point was this. The, let's say you're going to give the Eagles uh, the division at 6-9-1 and one in, uh, the second-place team just for the argument's sake. It's Cowboys at 6-10. and 10. So the Eagles at 6-9-1, and one, you know, they win the division. And the Cowboys at second place and miss out by a half a game of the winning of the division, making the playoffs, will have a top-10 pick. That's how bad this division is. Not to mention the other two teams would obviously might have top five picks. Uh, it's it's deplorable here. I mean, the Eagles are wrecked with injuries as well here. They're not going to have Zach Ertz this week. They're not going to have probably not going to have Miles Sanders. They play Thursday night. They've lost like 18 members of their offensive line as well. This division is a joke. Oh, it's a train wreck. And you know what's amazing? You know, the, 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 the six, six teams, George. Six teams have more wins than the entire division does combined. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's amazing that you know six teams have as many wins as these teams combined, and then on top of it, um, you have the New York Giants who have one win on the season so far this year, one win on the season, and that game against Philadelphia on Thursday is for first place. Like the winner of that football game is going to be in first place after. But one thing that's crazy, like it seems like the Dallas Cowboys have been a train wreck, um, but we almost equate, like they, they feel like an 0 6 football team, don't they? <laughs> the Cowboys. But that's what they are against the spread, right? That's not what they are straight up. But yeah, it's ugly. Andy Dalton's not as bad as he was tonight. It is what it is, but it's not really just Dalton. It's just everything the body language, the play calling. Uh, the defense, like, you know, it's one thing if you give up points and you're like, because, look, Seattle gave up a lot of points too, right? No, people don't bring it up because they're, they're winning. So if you're winning football games and you're giving up 30 points, 35 points a week, people go whatever, it's there. But it's not just them giving up the points, George, to me. What's crazy about it is you see, like, running backs and people are wide open, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no one's getting hit. No one gets touched for the first eight yards when they run the ball. Uh, you saw you know, Christian Kirk just run past everybody. It's constant. Like, there's not even any there's not even any resistance. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least the Jets are out there trying. <laughs> there's not any talent. Like, the Cowboys just don't seem to even be trying to tackle anyone anymore. I mean, listen, we all know the Cowboys under Jerry Jones. They're not big believers in the in the safety position. They're just not. They got bar- burned by Roy Williams back, what was this, 15 years ago when they got him in the first round. He was good for a couple of years, and he flamed out quickly, and they've never gone back to it. They've just never gone back to it. And I know you and I have talked about this before, but how bad must Earl Thomas's reputation be in football for Dallas not to come out and go and get him? He has to be better than what they have now, but they, Dallas hasn't even sniffed him. 
So he, he's almost blackballed from the league, too, for whatever uh, reasons there, for whatever his attitude problems are. They uh, by, they had Byron Jones. They let him go. Granted, he got a massive overpaid contract from Miami. Dallas couldn't afford that anyway. Not that they wanted to keep guys like Amari Cooper and such last season. So it is what it is. We I think everybody in their mother knew that Dallas secondary was going to be bad, but nobody knew that the front seven would be this bad. Most of us thought, okay, yeah, you got Gerald McCoy, you sign him, yep. you got Terry Poe helping the running game, Demarcus Lawrence and Alden Smith. Uh, you'll get to the quarterback there. They won't have time to throw the ball deep. Well, yes, you do. I think Demarcus Lawrence now, Gabe, has something like three sacks in his last 16 games. As if that's not bad enough, all of those sacks have come against the New York Giants, none against anybody else. He's not the player. He's making $22 million a year. He's not doing anything. Dallas has really gotten lucky when you think about it. Their best pass rusher last year was Quinn. They got him as a, what, a sixth-round pick, a gift from the Miami Dolphins who was selling everybody. This year, their best pass rusher is Alden Smith. They get a gift with him because he's coming back off not playing in a few years, off suspension. And he's their best defensive player. It's it's scary here. For me, it's... It, I don't think there's any doubt that there's problems on the field there, but I think it's also culture. I don't think there's any accountability on Dallas. I don't think any head coach has – because you know what? If Even if Mike McCarthy or if Jason Garrett, for that matter, too, got mad at somebody, they all go running to Jerry. Oh, you know, Mike yelled at me. and Oh, it's okay, buddy. It's all right. You're, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about big, big, bad old Mike. It'll be all right. That sort of thing. There's no accountability on this team. I mean, Xavier Woods, after that, uh, Odell Beckham, the, uh, the reverse, when he scored a touchdown, everybody felt like, ah, we're not going to tackle him. Screw it. He goes, well, you can't run hard every play, or you can't play hard every play. What? Yeah, you can run hard every play. You may not make every play. You're going to make mistakes, but you can certainly play hard. And it's like there's no accountability on Dallas. And I think what uh, what he says is sort of how a team feels. I think this team is just cashing a paycheck. Win, lose, draw. We don't care. We get paid. No, I can't. I can't disagree with that. And there was a big problem when Garrett was there. And that was always the issue, how much authority, you know, it's really almost like the um, the good parent, um, you know, the good cop, uh, bad uh, cop parent deal. And you actually have kids, right? In which if, you know, the kids know that one of them is a pushover, yeah, yeah, whatever you say, I'll deal with that after. <laughs> or, you know, the substitute teacher, you know, there's always that sort of like disrespect factor that comes into play. I think they thought all oh, McCarthy, you know, sort of a hard ass. This he's going to change that that perception. The thing is, like we, you know, people talk about Jason Garrett, bro. Well, look at look at the Cowboys last year. So people talk about Jason Garrett, and now there's going to be the Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton. I see Andy Dalton's trending on Twitter, and Andy Dalton's going to get ripped and all this other stuff. But what was the problem last year? You, you know, the Cowboys were flashy. Couldn't be teams, good teams, right? Couldn't be teams with winning records. So let me ask you, like, if Dallas Prescott played tonight, did the Dallas Cowboys win? Probably not. They probably just, they don't lose 38-10, they lose 38-31 or something instead. Like, I don't really know what's different. I mean, we, we've seen this pattern this year. Sports race late night continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucks. Well, I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am at Gabriel Morenci. We're kicking it uh, with Sports Rage's very own George Kurtz. We pick up the pieces following the Cowboys that beat down. And it's amazing, isn't it, George? You know, th- this week was a weird week in the NFL, man. And, you know, only people that bet and, you know, bet a lot could will really realize the intricacies of this. But I think you'll, you'll get it. I know you bet. And also, you play fantasy sports as well. And look at this week, dude, in which a bunch of teams scored a lot of points, right? 38 points. You know, Tampa, 38 points. Um, Pittsburgh, 38 points. Tonight, Arizona, uh, 38 points. There were a lot of beatdowns um, in, 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 in week six, yet not a lot of stats. You know what I'm saying, George? There were like, you know, like quarterbacks. Like, look, Kyler Murray completed nine passes tonight, George. <laughs> completed nine passes. Tom Brady didn't light it up. You know what I mean? Like, Aaron Rodgers, like, couldn't crack 200 yards. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they were, they, teams got touchdowns. Like, they'd be like an 80 yard pass interference penalty and they chunk it in, you know, it'd be a three yard run after or whatever. Uh, or there was pick sixes. There was just a strange, like, I think the best way of putting it, there was just a strange flow to all the games and it really continued into tonight. It's unbelievable. It was a strange week, and like in all uh, areas of, uh, of fantasy, it's fantasy sports, DFS, gambling. It was weird. Uh, yep. Now you said you were right. There were there were there were some scores, but teams got blown out, and they maybe the stars didn't have to play as much. Uh, even Ben Roethlisberger, 38 points, but he did nothing as far as that's concerned. Cleveland only scored seven points. Dallas only scores 10 points. The only game that was really true to itself or true to what the year's been so far was Tennessee-Houston. They scored 78. Everybody ate in that game. But you're right. It was a strange strange week. It was so strange and, uh, for me. After last night, uh, I was on with Cam in game live. Cam and I got screwed again. Raheem Mostert, we had him all over the place for the props. Yeah. Uh, he gets second week in a row, Gabe. Second week in a row. Uh, got the guy that we, we need like one more rush from him, and we cash a couple of props. But no, he gets hurt. Doesn't play the second half. And after that happened, and I saw the uh, the rain in uh, Buffalo, I didn't bet tonight. I just said, screw it, taking the night off. Because I had a bad day, day yesterday. I think I lost like nine of my last 12 props, something silly like that. And then with the rain in KC, you know, like, or in Buffalo, I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy the game. Things are not going my way here. Uh, and it was a good thing I did because I would have had the over in the uh, KC game, but I expected a more normal weather. Uh, Dallas, I, I know I would have bet Elliott the score at any time. So I just took the night off because things weren't, they weren't playing right for me. And nothing was all right. I'm hoping 
that things got back on the right track, though, because when Kenyon Drake scored that, whatever it was, 60-yard touchdown run, I ended up winning a fantasy league by .45 points, a league that I never thought I was going to win. You can see the night I needed to have from Drake to win that, 164 yards, two carries, a million points. So uh, I'm hoping that turns things around. But uh, I think I took advice from Kevin Walsh. I think, I think he did the same thing tonight, of just taking the night off. You know, and when we say weird, and you're a smart man for doing it, I wish I did. Sometimes I wish I would have been better off if I didn't wake up on Sunday and bet these games. I'm glad I woke up, uh, but you know, I probably should have woken up a little later, and I'd be I'd have more money right now. But and it's funny too because people, people, you know, when you say, "Oh, it was a strange week," and they go, "Oh, I lost too." No, it's not a strange week if you lose. You know what I mean? But it was a strange week with like just we like you said the games. The flow of the games, the props, um, the penalties, just everything was just strange and a little bit, you know, off. Yet it's been such a high-scoring year this year. So we we get some, you know, finally the unders come in. I think it was, you know, 10-4 at last check uh, to the unders. So we knew that was going to come eventually. And it really wasn't even weather either. But, you know, I want to get into the World Series, George. But another thing is, so it was a weird week, but also – how many teams just got smoked? And we hear this, you know, and this is one thing I hate about modern, you know, the modern sports fan in 2020 and the era that we're in now with social media. Like, people are just stupid. And the takes are bad, right? Like, you know, if somebody has a good game and they're the greatest player ever. Somebody has a bad game and, oh, everyone laughs and, they, oh, they suck and they're the worst player ever and stuff. It just gets old, right? It's just over and over and over and over uh, and over again, and you know that's that's one thing that uh, that gets to me. In which you know, look at the Bills. So you know, the Buffalo Bills outclassed. You know, but it's, they're outclassed by the Super Bowl champions, so they're not on that level yet, right? They're not on that level yet. But nobody is as good. Nobody is as good as they get hyped up to be, and then nobody is as bad after. It's just it's just such a low hanging fruit um, thing to do. Yet you look, George, there's some good football teams this weekend that were just, like, crap and terrible. Like, you know, listen, the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys have had a problem every week. So, you know, that's a little bit different. But I'm talking about looking at Green Bay Packers. Packers have had a great year. What was that yesterday? You know what I mean? Just, like, terrible. Like, you know, they come out, they were hot. It's amazing, isn't it, George? They look good for the first, like, eight minutes of the game. They score a field goal. They score a touchdown. I should note after Aaron Rodgers did that stupid celebration and never scored another point again. <laughs> well, you, well, you listen. Teams are gonna lay eggs, right? No one's gonna play great yeah. for 16 games. All right, it happens all the time. This is what we see over and over again. You put up, you put up a great point with uh, Buffalo and Josh Allen. Two weeks ago, he was an MVP guy, right? Oh, he's playing great. He's, and now we hate him. Everybody hates him because he's had two uh, two bad games in a row. Uh, the first thing I did tonight at the Cowboy game, because I knew this was going to, going to come up at least either tonight or during the week, I looked up Ezekiel Elliott's cap situation because I know I'm going to hear, well, the Cowboys should release him and get rid of him because he's terrible. He keeps fumbling the football. He's not getting 100-yard games anymore. You know, because we turn on a dime. If Ezekiel Elliott on Sunday has 120 yards and two touchdowns, everybody will love him again. He's the best player on the planet. It's just the way we work here. And it's the American society as a whole. No one cares what you did last week, two weeks ago, a month ago. They only care about now. You cost them money now, then they hate you. 
if you if you won the money, they love you. That's a Kenyan Drake now will be loved by everybody because he probably won people money tonight, whether it be fantasy, gambling, DFS, whatever it might be. But he was a bum for the first five weeks because he was costing everybody everything. But now people are back in love with him. Oh yeah, the main the mainstream fantasy world is the worst for that, George. They're worse than gamblers for that. In which, and I'm not talking about the real sharp guys, you know, Dick Myers and stuff, and, you know, like Jeremy Stein and, you know, Sanders and the guys that win big money and stuff. They, they, they're smart enough to know that you're not playing what happened last week. And it's amazing to me. People will bet what happened last week all the time. Well, last week they gave up this. So, yeah, therefore, and I see it all the time. Like when you read, you know, you just sort of see online fantasy advice and stuff like that or DFS picks. I swear to God, George, 90% of the time, they give you whoever had a big week the week before. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah, Devontae Parker had a big week last week. So, you know, let's take him this week and let's give advice. And if Devontae Parker, you know, doesn't have a good week this week, even though he's in a bad matchup or he had a good matchup the week before or there was a situation or whatever, then let's rip the player after. He sucks, right? That's another thing, too. And I try not to do it as a gambler in which to blame the team all the time or blame the player, right? You know, to blame the player for your own woes. People do it all the time. And fantasy people, I find, really stick with, like, a lot of what happened the week before. Well, this guy lit it up against the Rams, so, oh, he must light it up against someone else. And, you know, George, football is all matchups, bro, right? And as you stated as well, and people, the fantasy people and the analytic guys, they forget this crap, but they forget it in baseball as well that – these guys are humans. It's not a video game. Not everything is well, what the chart says in our analytics and, well, they average this and they're going to do this and that. Yeah, they average that, but it doesn't mean they're going to have that number every game. When, you know, I mean, let's say a guy averages 88 yards receiving. Yeah, he might have you know one week where he gets 190 yards. And then the next week, whatever, he's going to get 32 yards, right? But after he gets 189 yards, everyone jumps on his bandwagon after and then when he gets 32 yards the next week, he sucks. You know what I mean? You see this with the modern sports fan. It's kind of pathetic, but, it, you know, it's like social media is just a waste of time. You don't get any good takes. There's no good opinions. It's just stupid gifts about how everyone sucks. <laughs> That's really what it is, right? And you're right yeah. about football. Right? Football's all about matchups. It's also about are you a big part of the game plan this week? Yeah, if you're going up against Jalen Ramsey, probably not. If he's going to travel and cover you, then a smart team's going to say, you know what, we're not going to throw to you all that much. We're going to use our secondary wide receiver, especially if we have a good one here over and over again. If they're playing a good run defense, then starting the running back that week, probably not a good thing to do. You have to know your matchups here. Uh, So I agree. Uh, Baseball can be a little different because – you know, in baseball, I do like to ride the guys who are, uh, who are home, runners who, home run hitters who generally hit in streaks. You know, we see that. Hockey, goal scorers. There are some goal scorers who, once they start scoring, the puck starts going in the net for them. So the, those guys I'll tend to ride here. But football is, for me, much more about matchups. Uh, looking at who's, who's playing who. And you get that you get this information anywhere, by the way. Wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. Or wide receiver versus secondary matchups. Or how that secondary is done. You, know, you can find, in fantasy-wise, you can find this information. It's all over the place. You know, they'll, they'll rank the teams for you. Pittsburgh's number one against tight ends. You know, Dallas is number 32. Blah, 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 blah. And you know that a team, they don't cover tight ends well. You might want to start your tight end this week. You can find the information out there. It's not that difficult. Going by what happened last week is silly. Well, that's how I hit tonight. 
it wasn't rocket science. So I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much for it. But anybody who knows anything knows the Buffalo Bills, George, they're the only team in the NFL that gave up 400 or more yards to tight ends this year. We saw Gasicki light them up already. We've seen, you know, it's it's uh, Higby, um, you know, time and time again. And we saw Kelsey, first touchdown of the game tonight, boom, uh, Travis Kelsey. So it is about knowing the matchups more so. I, I totally believe that. And, you know, I used to – I, I used to be, I used to make mistakes with that. And I've never been a good major league baseball DFS guy, but I would play the hot guy all the time, George. Oh, well, this guy's six for 12 in his last, he's got three home runs, last three games. Yeah. Never mind the fact that he's hitting 218 against the guy he's hitting batting against today, right? Or he can't hit left handers, et cetera, right? And matchups once again. So let's get into some baseball on the other side. Uh, Dodgers and Rays should be some, uh, some great stuff. The World Series got uh, World Series MVP odds. I want to hit uh, with George Kurtz uh, as well. Sports race continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> Just can't live without Rage Hall. <laughs> All right, Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Moranti, and uh, yes, we are aware we don't sound like we normally do uh, right now. If you're just uh, joining us, but the show, the show must go on. We had some technical uh, difficulties uh, that'll be addressed uh, by tomorrow night. Uh, but I gotta tell you, man. Yang came at me hard uh, in uh, Master Control of Midtown Manhattan uh, during the break, uh, guys, as uh, he told me, listen, don't take this the wrong way, uh, Marenzi, but George Kurtz's uh, connection is better than yours. And those are fighting words, man. Like, you know, that's, that's as low as you could go, Yang. <laughs> that's as low as you could go, buddy. Hey, 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 buddy, I, I said George that. George sounds better than I do. I said that with a good heart, buddy. I said that with a good heart because uh, George has always uh, given some troubles and things. But you know what? Today he stepped it up, Gabe, and uh, you're just going to have to take this one for the team. Um, you got ejected from the game. That's my scoring card. Do not do a Bobby Valentine and come back with a disguise. You are out of the game today, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So settle down. I'm the scorekeeper here, all right? Let's just say I'm not out of the game. But uh, I pulled a Drew Martin tonight, all right? <laughs> I pulled, I'm pulling a Drew Martin. You, actually, right actually, you pulled the Bobby Valentine. You got ejected out of the game, but you had to dug out with a disguise, and, um, you know, the show was going on, and um, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And, you know, we'll, we'll, everything will be addressed by tomorrow. Hey, listen, it's the middle of the night. It is what it is. This is what happens. You're doing live shows, but we appreciate Kurt stepping up and in here in the late night hours. He's our MVP. So we'll get to the uh, the World Series uh, MVP props uh, here. But, you know, hey, listen, it's what happens. And, you know, people always complain, and, oh, I lost a bet, and this and that, and my life, and, oh, this doesn't work, and it doesn't work. But, Kurtz, I tell people all the time, things can always be worse, Kurtz, right? <laughs> like, you don't think they can be, but trust me. Like, you know what I mean? Things can always be worse than they are. God, especially this year, right? 2020, COVID, and everything else is going on. 
Uh, I think we're all waiting for the other uh, shoe to drop, right? The asteroid that's coming hurling towards Earth. Maybe aliens are going to invade later this uh, year. Who the hell knows? I am not putting any props on things getting, uh, I guess, better before they get worse. I know. I think everyone I know, Joe, everyone thinks, oh, I can't wait till 2020 is over. It's like, yeah, there's no guarantee 2021. Is it, like, worse? But they just don't. Well, we know, like, uh, you know, they dial it up a notch. It's worse, right? So, you know, they take things one day at a time, man. That's That's what I'm doing. It is. It is what it is. I'm not happy about it. It's another apple that bites the dust. I don't know. It's my karma. I ripped apple the other day arbitrarily out of the blue, and uh, now now I'm paying the price. Um, so Los Angeles Dodgers and the Rays. We got ourselves a great World Series. I, I you know I, I know you and I talked about this uh, World Series being a a very high potential matchup, and uh, here it is. We get it when it's all said and done. I think it's safe to say, George, they're the two best teams. You know, the Dodgers are the best team in the National League, and the Rays are the best team in the American League. So it's crazy. Out of all the 2020 stuff and, you know, 16 teams in the playoffs and everything, in the end, we get the, the two best teams in baseball. That is weird, right? Because we talked about, oh, you might have some odd things. Maybe like the Chicago White Sox or the Cincinnati Reds are going to make the World Series in a 60-game season because they'll ride it out and uh, you know, weird stuff. But you're right. Teams are the two best records during the 60 games. They're in the World Series. They proved to be the best team. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that the Rays were the best team. They really. I know the Yankees took them within one, uh, what one, one inning, one strike of uh, extra innings there. But in that game, did the Yankees really look like they were going to score another run anytime soon? Not in my mind. And the Dodgers, yeah, they, maybe they should have lost to the Braves, but I think they were still a better team than the Braves. It just took them a while to get things clicking themselves there. And maybe in the end, the fact that the Braves didn't have as deep a pitching staff as the Dodgers caught up with them there. I think. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Fox has to be thrilled. I mean thrilled that the Dodgers made it because Tampa Bay Rays, Atlanta Braves, a Southeast World Series, that was not going to go very well for the ratings. No, they would have lost in the ratings to like Sunbelt midweek football games, George. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. I'm not even like kidding. Like, hey, they really would have. If it was the Braves and the Rays in the World Series – they would have lost in the ratings to like Arkansas State at App State on Thursday. <laughs> like hey, they 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 really would. So what do you make? Um, who do you, who do you like in the series? So the Dodgers are minus two ten. Uh, Dodgers well, they opened up at minus two hundred last night at FanDuel, and I'm seeing it went up to two ten. The Rays are uh, plus one seventy five uh, right now. I am a Dodger fan. But as an outside observer and a neutral, my professional opinion would have to be that, you know, how can you say there's not value on the Rays at plus 175? Yeah, I think you. I think it was you who posted this on Twitter last night. Uh, which side you taking, uh, Dodgers or Rays? And if you're not, even if you don't know baseball, you just look at the prices here. I'm taking the Rays. You're getting a much better price on the Rays. I think last night it might have been 165 offhand, but uh, I would take the Rays here. Uh, now, if I know the game, I'm still going the Rays, but I'm, I think the Dodgers are the better team. I truly do. But their pitching staff's a mess right now because they had to use everybody and their mother just to get this far. Where the Rays, the Rays are going Glass now, game one. They're going Snell, game two. They're going in order. They're not going to have any issues. Charlie Morton will go game three or four. You know, they'll have an opener of the other games, what they do. So they're not going to have any issues here. If it goes to, uh, the series goes deep, man, they are going to have off days this uh, this series. They didn't have them last one. They are going to do it this one. Thursday and Monday are both off days. Uh, so baseball is also smart. Let's not go up against Thursday night football and Monday night football. Hey, uh, a league that actually gets it. So that will help out. 
I think it helps out both teams, but I think it probably helps out the Rays more because they have better arms there. So I think the Rays are going to win this. I, I said, I think if all things were even, Gabe, I mean, if the Dodgers were starting fresh and Bueller could go game one and Kershaw was going to go game two and so on and so on, I would take the Dodgers and six or seven. But now that the Rays have everything lined up almost perfectly, while the Dodgers are scrambling a little bit, I mean, the Rays can't hit. They just can't hit. But I, I like their staff. I'm going to go Rays and seven. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take that price, and I'll go Rays and seven. Yeah, as George mentioned, uh, the, the, the schedule, uh, so they play Tuesday night, tomorrow night. They play Tuesday. They play Wednesday. They take Thursday off. They then would play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then have Monday off for a potential game six uh, on uh, on Tuesday, October 27th. And then uh, the World Series, if it goes seven games, it would end Wednesday, October the 28th. Now, we just saw both teams, George, go to seven games. So you talked about, you know, looking at the race here. And I think there's value when you look at the series correct score props here. Uh, you know, like, look, if you can get the Rays, the Rays aren't sweeping the Dodgers, right? No, I think we can agree on that. They're not sweeping them. Are they winning in five? Probably not. Yeah, like if they're going to win, you know, it would be in six or seven. And the Rays are plus 650 to win in six. They're plus 600 to win in seven. And quite frankly, George, I think there's value with the Dodgers to win in seven at plus 430. We just saw both teams go seven games in their last respective series. You're getting away with me. I said, I think, I think if the Dodgers were to win, I think that, listen, I think no matter what happens here, the series goes at least six. I don't think any either team's going to wipe out the other team. I don't see that happening. I think, once again, Dodgers are too good of an overall team. They can hit. And I think the Rays have too much pitching there to just get swept here. But uh, my problem with the Rays is this. I think this is their biggest issue here. They hit like crap. Really. They didn't against the Astros. That's against a, an okay pitching staff. Dodgers are better than that. You know, I mean, Dodgers have some hard throws they can throw in there in the middle innings as well to sort of match up with the Rays here. So if they're not hitting... It could get a little dicey for them. Uh, Rosarina can't be the only guy who's hitting him. And if I'm a Dodgers, by the way, I'm forcing somebody else to beat me. If there's anybody on base, there's an open base, I'm giving Rosarina the walk here. The guy, the man's too hot right now. I don't care that he's a rookie that no one heard about you know, coming into this uh, the playoffs here. I'm not going to lose to this guy. But uh, I need someone else to hit on the race. And right now, no one else is doing it. They're, Gabe, they have a team. You and I talked about this when we talked about the Yankees and the Rays. The Rays generally don't beat themselves. You won't see them do what the Braves did last night and run into outs and not get those runs in that you have to get in those little tag on runs. They won't do that. They don't make errors. You know, they don't make base running mistakes. They will hit guys over. They will run and hit there. They understand how to play the game here. They don't have the power of the Dodgers. They're not waiting. They're not Earl Weaver waiting for a three run home run here. All right. They're going to play the game, which is what makes them dangerous. But still, it seems like they're playing every game to win three, two. You know, when scores get a little tighter, 5-4, a little high scoring, 5-4, 6-5, that plays to the Dodgers. So I think the Rays, they need to hit a little bit. Just need to hit a little bit here. That's This is what worries me about the Rays. But uh, I, st- I still think they win the series in seven here, but I think it's going to be a good series. So the series correct uh, score uh, props, Tampa Bay Rays for a sweep, 27-1. to one. Rays in five, 11-1. Rays in six, plus 650. Rays to win the series four games to three, plus 600. Los Angeles Dodgers sweep, plus 650. Dodgers in five, plus 350. Dodgers in six, plus 380. Dodgers in seven, plus 430. And I tell you, 
I am attracted. I was looking at the uh, the series total game, so you don't even pick who's going to win the series. But series to go six games, uh, George, is plus 210, and that's the lowest odds. So basically that's what the, the book is thinking that we're going to get to. Um, if it's plus 210 and seven, it's plus 220. So it tells you that the, the odds makers think that this series is going six or seven games. So And therefore, if you're picking a winner here, like, would you rather take, you know, I'm just saying, guys, even if you like the Dodgers to win, like, I don't really want to lay minus 210. I'm going to be betting him in the games anyways through the series if I like him to win. So why not sprinkle on the Dodgers to win in seven at plus 430 and then just sort of bet on them to win? And if you're betting on the Dodgers and they don't, it doesn't get the seven, and let's say the Dodgers win in six, the Dodgers win in five or something, then you cash, uh, you know, you cash those tickets anyways, and you lose the plus 430. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a series, though. I got to believe that this series is going to be. Both teams are both so resilient. Uh, we saw the Dodgers come back, guys. The Dodgers have a ton of heart. And we've seen the Rays in which, you know, they were up two games to one in a five-game series against the Yankees. They lose, and, oh, no, they got to face Derek Cole, and, and then they beat them. They, they blow the three, the, they blow a three nothing series lead to the Astros. They go to game seven. I thought, wow, man, these guys, there's no way they're going to get this back now. They, they did. So both teams have shown, like, it's really just, it's a great series. So let's get into the MVP right now a little bit uh, here, George. Cody Bellinger is uh, 8 to 1, plus 800. Corey Seeger is plus 800. Clayton Kershaw is plus 900. I'm surprised Kershaw isn't, uh, doesn't have better odds than this like lower odds. I'm surprised that it's plus 900 and not like, you know, 15 to one or something. Uh, Mookie Betts is nine to one. Like I don't see how Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts have the same MVP odds. I don't get that. Uh, at 10 to one Walker Bueller, 10 to one glass. Now 12 to one Snell, 16 to one Muncie, 18 to one. What's your thoughts on the MVP prop, uh, George? Well, when I look at the MVP prop for a series, the first thing I look at, especially with all this good pitching, is going to be the starting pitchers. Who's going to get those two starts? And you look at it, Glasnow, Snell, Kershaw, and the Dodgers are undecided about game two. But you know you're going to see Glasnow, Kershaw, and Snell. So I sort of – I don't th- – at least we all have our doubts about Kershaw, right? Whatever it might be, but, uh, he's going to start, not play uh, pitch well in the playoffs again. And that last start, by the way, Gratterall let in a lot of those runs. The inherited runs. I think he let in three of Kershaw's inherited runners to score. It wasn't all Kershaw. And he pitched fine before that. Um, I actually lean to Kershaw here. But you're, you're not getting the price you want, but let me tell you why I lean to Kershaw. Because I think he's going to make two starts. And as I brought up earlier, the Rays don't hit. And they strike out a lot. I I believe they were the number one strikeout team this year. I lean Kershaw for this. If I'm going to go with a batter, by the way, it will be a batter on the Dodgers. Any left-hander, not a right-hander. Too many hard-throwing righties for the Bra- uh, for the Rays. A lot of strikeouts for the Dodgers. Corey Seager is the guy I want. Interesting. Corey Seager, uh, plus 800. For me, it's hard to overlook just how good Mookie Betts is in, in, in the field as well. And and as well, the fact that Mookie Betts, and I talked about these numbers, we'll hit them on the other side. Hang in here. We've got a couple more minutes with Kurtz. And we apologize uh, for the audio issues that will be addressed uh, for tomorrow night. But that's his played against the Rays a lot. He knows these pitchers. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Morenci. A couple of minutes uh, left here. And, uh, once again, yes, we are aware. No, I'm not in, uh, I'm not in the um, – I think a lot of people think right now, George, I'm in the south. Uh, underneath the stands at uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium. I was actually at the game tonight. <laughs> I broke in. I broke in the stadium, and I was detained. I was detained. Like I said, you're not a real Bills fan unless you've been in that. Uh, unless you've been in that cell uh, before. Um, so, uh, I am Renzi, George Kurtzak, kicking it with us. Uh, we'll have our uh, audio issues. Basically, if you're just joining us right now, everything was fine. And then in typical fashion, the way everything's been going for us with our picks in the last, like, 24 hours, everything just sort of exploded, man. It was very, like, I don't know, man, Halloween has scared me already, Kurtz. It was very hocus-pocus. It was just like, poof. <laughs> like, literally, like, it even made that noise. You know what I mean? When you hear that noise, like, just poof. Like, I was like, oh, boy. Like, I could kind of, right away, I knew. I was like, that wasn't good. But you know, like sometimes, like some things will shut down. You're like, oh, whatever. Something, you know, just turn it back on. It'll be all right. I knew right away. I was like, that wasn't good. Like the sound I heard, poof, wasn't good, bro. <laughs> I mean, your best case scenario is maybe the fan blew. But I, uh, from the sounds of what you're describing, your motherboard is fried. So I don't think you're going to be able to recover that. I could be wrong. You know, I am not a. Tech. No, no, no. I think I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be fine. Like I said, I'm never going to speak ill will of Apple again. It's like they're, um, it's like coronavirus. If you mock it, you're going to get it. Apple is that powerful. You rip them, and somehow I think they, they like, they, we all know that they, they're all spying on us all anyways, George. So I think they heard me ripping them, and they're like, you know what? All right, Marenzi, you think we suck? We're going to show you how we suck in the middle of your show one night. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what I look at it, George. Karma's a bitch, bro. But I was saying, so Mookie Betts, we've got about a minute, and I appreciate your time, but so Mookie Betts, uh, interesting numbers I came across. Um, he's played 97 games, George, in his career, a long-time Boston Red Sox, so he's played against the Rays. He's got 16 home runs, bro, in 97 games against these guys. He's got a 300 or better batting average against Morton Snell and Glasnow. I think he's in the play for uh, in the mix and play here for MVP uh, plus 900. Other than that, guys, you're on your own. Later, go Dodgers. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.